He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in the one body, and be thankful. Philip, thank you for your very warm and kind welcome to this service this morning. I'm delighted to be here and grateful for the invitation to share in what I think is a very meaningful service, and you are to be commended for taking this theme as part of worship and for the various other activities I think that you are doing as part of the Fitzroy Caring for Creation group. It is one of the big challenges facing faith communities around the planet in the 21st century. And in more recent times, I think we have become quite aware of the environmental destruction and become much more conscious that we belong to a finely tuned ecological system. We're also living through economic recession, affecting all of us, caused very largely by human greed, and I suppose and think exposing the moral flaws in the system of capitalism. Now we use words, words like economics, words like ecology, words like ecumenics, and they're all very closely related words. They are all words that have to do with the household of life. The kind of image is that of planet Earth as a house, a home for the community of life. And each of those words has to do with how we manage in very practical ways the household. Economics, ecology, ecumenism are all about how we manage the household of life in different ways. Ecology, therefore, is a word about environmental management, about how we keep the environment tidy and clean and functioning in ways that sustain harmony and cooperation and interdependence, all for the well-being of this household or planetary life. Now, unless we have some very serious and dysfunctional problems, we do not wreck our homes or intentionally live in constant squalor and mess. Why should we live in our earth house, 
in such a destructive and dysfunctional way. Unless we humans have, unless we do have serious problems with and within ourselves. The Jewish Christian Bible has lots of creation poets and storytellers. They come from that strong Jewish tradition of poetry and storytelling. And they use much more homely metaphors than management. We're familiar with the first chapter of the book of Genesis, a piece of superb poetry. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, and so on. Creation poetry in motion. And not only does this marvelous poem portray a non-violent God and a non-violent creation, it waxes lyrically about the goodness of the earth. Not just good, but very good. And then follows the poetry of human responsibility, which we have, I think, frequently misunderstood and seriously distorted, the line about subdue the earth and have dominion over it. And we've taken that as the human right to conquer and dominate all forms of life, even to kill and destroy. But the poetry suggests something very different. The original words in a more carefully read context have to do with nurture and caring and gentleness and healing. This is what the creative poet was trying to get across as human responsibility for the earth. Earth creatures, for that is what we are, are to nurture the earth and care for it. We are to be gentle in our relationship with the earth and to heal the earth. Violence, conquest, and domination in relation to the earth and its life forms are destructive and are not the responsible ethic by which we are called to live. And in the Genesis creation poetry, we are called to live by an ethic of nurture, of care, of gentleness, and healing in relation to the earth. Now, I'm not sure we're going to be able to do this unless, in practical ways, we connect with two pathways. We need to connect, or perhaps it's reconnect, with the earth and its diverse life forms. The Genesis poem repeatedly affirms the goodness of creation. The, the earth of which we are part and on which we live and share with all its life forms is fundamentally good. And more than that, it is very good. Now, forms of religion which have damned the earth taught us sometimes to see ourselves and creation in exclusively negative terms, encouraged us to escape from the world have not, I think, read the poetry of Genesis 1. Or if they have, they have not understood it or they have distorted it by indulging in false questions and irrelevancies. The creation poetry of Genesis 1 calls us to steep ourselves in the goodness of creation, to celebrate and enjoy the presence of the sacred in it all. The poetry wants to wake us up 
to awe and beauty and wonder and praise. When we are in touch with the goodness of creation, celebrating the presence of the sacred in it all, and awake to the awe and beauty and wonder and praise, then I think we become more truly earth carers. The other pathway, which we may need to connect, is more negative, and it runs in parallel to the first. It's the way of emptying ourselves, letting go of the negative thinking and attitudes and practices. And this includes letting go of those negative attitudes towards the earth and its life forms, letting go of those negative, pessimistic, and repressive forms of religion that keep us from embracing the fundamental goodness of the earth. Now, this might be a bit like clearing an overgrown garden. Huge task if you've ever tried it. Clearing away through the undergrowth of consumerism, the obsession with possession, the greed for more, the desire to control and dominate, that repressive or negative religion, clearing space for the sacred to live at the very center of our being and living, allowing the deepest mystery of ourselves to connect with the deepest mystery of all. We may need to lament in the spirit of many of the Psalms, most of the Psalms, lament in the process of clearing and letting go. Learn to see ourselves not as the superior part of creation, but partners with all of life and learn to acknowledge ourselves as earth creatures and as very vulnerable beings, yet connected to the creative energy, the sacred divine, the God who is at the heart of the richly diverse and beautiful creative process. Then we are earth carers. But we need to focus perhaps more sharply, on what we might call eco-values. My little grandson, Frank, <coughs> loves Thomas the Tank Engine. He watches the television programs, has a little Thomas train, a Thomas hat, and even a pair of slippers. I must confess, I watch Thomas myself, joking sometimes that this is where I learn real Thomistic ethics, with all due respect to that medieval theologian, Thomas Aquinas. Because all the Thomas the Tank stories have an important lesson for life. There is life wisdom in every story, and I expect that Frank, as well as myself, is acquiring values for life thanks to Thomas. You can watch him every morning, 25 past 8 on Channel 5. He may have an increased audience tomorrow morning. Well, if we are to be earth carers and live with respect for the ecosystems, then we need eco-values. All of us do live out of a value base. None of us live ethically neutral lives, and there are no ethically neutral politics, economics, business, 
commerce, education, medical practices, religion, atheism, ideology, or whatever. Nothing is ethically neutral. Now, not all value bases are good or wholesome. Not all enhance life or lead to human or environmental flourishing. The values and the ethics by which we live in the world are important. And even though it is a complex world, and we live often in gray zones, we do need ethical starting points from which to wrestle with the big ecological issues. And in relation to the destruction of forests, the erosion of soil, the extinction of plant and animal species, climate change and global warming, there is an urgency, there is a new urgency around eco-values. The poetry, again, expresses much of it. I'm glad we began worship today with that wonderful poem of Francis of Assisi, All Creatures of Our God and King. Now, modern hymnals, it seems to me, have dumbed down Francis somewhat because the original poetry is, I think, much more creative, much more colourful, much more metaphoric. It's where Francis talks about brother sun, brother wind, sister water, mother earth, even sister death. And Francis sees all of creation in terms of kinship, family, a family of creation, a relationship that we're all in together. And that has implications for the way we relate to earth, air, water, and so on, and how we live. In the Christian Testament, there is that letter from which Kerry read to the Colossians, a faith community scattered in a region in what is now modern Turkey. Now, these people are all, remember, subjects of a big empire dominated by imperial power. Superpower military might has destroyed, and we now know that it did destroy forests and landscapes. Imperial economics are oppressive and designed for the benefit of the few. The politics are a domination system and social injustices abound. And most of that letter to the Colossians is about living as an alternative community within empire, within a domination system living out of different values and building relationships that are shared and just. And early in the letter, there is more of this marvelous biblical creation poetry, nature poetry. It portrays Jesus as the clue, the window to the sacred presence in all things and at the heart of the creative process. 
The creative, reconciling dynamic we call God, the sacred origin and goal of everything, creating and recreating harmony and unity, holding all life together in reconciled diversity, is celebrated in the poetry of Colossians. Then later in the letter, in that context, we encounter the values that shape not only our relationships with each other in human community, but also shape our relationships with the eco-community. The imperial system is one of violence and conquest and domination and oppression and injustice. It's the value system that destroys the environment, abuses the earth and devastates the ecosystems. Earth carers are called to live by radically different values. Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, forgiveness, and love. Compassion is the passion that pays attention to the brokenness of human and non-human life. Kindness is treating the community of life kindly and not for what we can get out of it or for profit alone. Instead of the clenched fist of aggression or casual indifference, meekness relates to the earth non-violently and with embrace. And humility encounters that human arrogance and domination that it refuses that human superiority to everything else and acknowledges its earthiness in partnership. And patience is hanging in there with the earth, working with it for the ultimate restoration of all things. Forgiveness brings together broken relationships and is essentially release and liberation from old ways to new ways of relating to the earth. Love seeks the highest good of creation, binds all life together in deep harmony. The earth was created, coheres, endures, and is sustained by love. And to be connected to the love at the heart of the universe is to embrace the earth and to be rooted in a wonderful world. It is to live out of the eco-values to live with the earth out of the ultimate value, the very love that has put the stars and planets in space and it makes the world go round. Then we are earth carers, at one with the creator, with the creation, with each other and in gratitude.